the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Welcome back to Together for Good. Together for Good is brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. BHFSA exists to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by providing needed funds for health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. We are so glad you have joined us today. We have got a great program ahead, and we are just looking forward to this conversation. Well, if you've ever known a teenager, you know that they are complicated human beings. Every day, they are faced with new ramifications of transforming from children to adults. And that's hard enough of a challenge when they have consistent adults in their lives. For young people who don't have the most stable homes or relationships, navigating their teen years can be very rough. Young Life is a faith-based organization that seeks to bring loving and dependable adults into the lives of teens and young adults in order to help them grow into confident, faithful people. And today, we are going to learn more about that because we have Annie Mays here with us. And Annie met our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through Young Life when she was a ninth grader, such a young, young person when this happened for her. And that's wonderful. She grew up in Fort Worth, but got to San Antonio as fast as she could, attending Trinity University and volunteering as a Young Life leader in the Harlandale ISD School District. So today, she oversees all of Young Life's 27 ministries in San Antonio as the Associate Regional Director for Young Life in South Texas. She and her husband, Walt, have three daughters and a very ungrateful COVID rescue cat. <laughs> we, we may want to have the cat on at some point here, Annie. That Her attitude is terrible. <laughs> we don't think she's saved. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, well, we'll have her on for further conversations. So, Well, Annie, as someone who spends a lot of time with teenagers, what can you tell us about the motivations and needs of the Generation Z? What an incredible group of kids. First of all, I know that just like we did and still do as millennials, they can get a bad rap, uh, but they are precious people. They want to be known. They want to be loved. They want authentic relationships. But what they've kind of been handed to, you know, through no fault of their own is a very tech heavy, often filtered, uh, curated reality that can be very, very overwhelming. So you hear people talking about how this generation is dying for safe spaces and judgment-free zones. And, and what we see is that comes from a pretty pervasive anxiety that they feel they have constant access to everything that's going wrong in the world, but also they see uh, the result of public vulnerability, which often comes in the form of judgment. So they really do, when I think this generation is asking for safety, 
they really are asking for real relationship. They need space to mess up. They need space to start over. And they want to be part of something that really matters, really bigger than themselves. And they want to serve. They do. They want to contribute so meaningfully uh, to what's going on in our planet. Hmm. Annie, can you speak to you know some specific challenges that are being faced by this generation that really previous generations didn't have? Yeah, absolutely. This is something that has it often comes as a surprise when I talk about this with other adults is, you know, we think about every generation is spoken of sometimes as rebellious or wanting to get away from adults or they need better influences in their lives. But this generation has more access to the influence of adults than any generation previously has. And what I mean by that is through social media and through media in general, there are so many messages coming at them and so many expectations, things we want them to buy, things we want them to do. And the majority of the adults having that influence on them don't care about them, don't care about their well-being. And so there really is that danger for manipulation uh, and a need for adults who love the Lord to step in and, and have a real influence that's based on loving relationship and not just kind of the pull of our culture. Mm. So like everything is adult oriented now. Is there a space for children? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so they have to grow up too fast. They yeah. know all too well, um, again, the, the poles of the world. And, and so they really are. They're morally exhausted. They have um, too many choices. They're being pulled in so many directions. And there's that need for sanity and simplicity that can be challenging to provide for them. Yeah. Yeah. Annie, tell us about San Antonio's Young Life program. What, what is y'all's mission? What, what do y'all do? So our mission since 1941 sounds very simple, and it is. It's to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. And you might think, well, that can be done anywhere and in any way. We could just we could just put that out there on the Internet. Here's the gospel. Or we could make a movie about it or a TV show. And there's great people communicating the gospel in so many ways. But what we try to do is do that in the context of relationships so that they can really chew on what they've heard, um, especially if they don't have a church or faith background, which many of them don't. By the time we encounter them in the sixth grade or the ninth grade or even their freshman year of college, really wrestle with those truths in the context of relationships so that they can ask questions and uh, give feedback and really apply the gospel to their lives at this really crucial stage of development. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you all have mentors as a part of Young Life. So how do those mentors consistently show up in the lives of young individuals and provide support over a long period of time? Part of the way that we do that, even though we're a a mission that's really focused on kids, is that we are very intentional about the adult relationships that we cultivate in a community. It's important for us to have some level of access to their schools uh, in a way that is in line with the law and with local school district policy, but um, still allows us to meet kids who would not ordinarily self-select into like a youth environment or a church culture or just the body of Christ in general. So the better we can serve schools and build trust with adults, even those who may not have a a Christian bent or a desire for kids to know Jesus, if they can see us as someone who's useful in education and a positive influence in the community, it means that we have better access to show up in kids' lives over that long period of time, because for many of them, they're not responding right away. I could tell you the names of kids that we've We've shown up in their world for years, and they have not come to Young Life yet, or they have not come 
to saving faith in the Lord. We're, we're still praying uh, that they will show up, but that takes a lot of initiative on our part in their world. Mm-hmm. Can you share some examples of the long-term impact that these mentor relationships, uh, which are facilitated by Young Life, have had on the lives of young people? Yeah, absolutely. One thing that's really fun for me to be a part of is weddings and college graduations and uh, babies being born into families where you look at the family tree and you look at generations before we met that kid and you see such a drastic difference. You see a departure from some of these generational cycles that you can only attribute to the miracle of God, a changed heart, a changed life, um, just truly from the inside out. Kids, you know, as they're making decisions, we forget sometimes how that gravitational pull is so strong from our family of origin and seeing that broken in cycles and getting to walk with kids who are changing their family tree means that not only did the gospel come into their life at such a crucial point, but they must have had, again, that young life leader or that church person who showed an example and was able to not just give advice, but give love and encouragement as they were standing on the edge of some really big decisions about which direction their life was going to go. So the question I always have along these lines is, you know, how do you guys balance faith education without making, you know, your program feel too churchy for students, which may be why some, you know, kids don't come your direction as, oh, that's that church program, or, oh, that's that's too too religious or too God or whatever. How do y'all balance that? Sure. Uh, that's definitely a challenge. It looks different in every community. It looks different even in the suburbs versus the inner city. It looks different in Texas versus uh, Africa and the Middle East, where we also have Young Life. But What we see is that, you know, churchy can be kind of a hard word to use because great churches don't have that uh, intimidating or cheesy feel either. So sometimes I'd rather replace that word with cheesy or intimidating because that's what people are really saying. And there are amazing churches all over the country, all over the world that really are doing what we're doing as well, which is try to meet them where they are. Let your program feel welcoming, but also don't be afraid to let it look different than what they're experiencing outside in their daily life. Your kids are going to hear radio songs at Young Life. Um, They're going to see skits. It's going to be funny. It's going to be really accessible. But we do read out of the four Gospels every single time they come to Young Life Club. And then if they come to a, a small group discipleship, we are digging into the word, and we should never give in to that temptation, right, to water it down just so it feels comfortable. Right. We're going to trust God with that Holy Spirit movement that if we can build the relationships and, and make it not intimidating, then they will be hungry for something. They are hungry for something different, and, man, we better be offering that for them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I know you ha- you guys have camps, and uh, I'm, I'm sure these experiences create a setting for young individuals to hear the gospel and process their faith and grow spiritually, um, you know, how do y'all organize these camps? How do they come about? And, uh, you know, talk about the kids that are coming to your club, I guess, at the school, and then how many, you know, are transitioning to a camp experience? Yeah, man, Young Life, there's nothing like Young Life Camp, and I've been to some incredible camps. So what makes our programming unique, I think, is a couple things. One of those is that when a Young Life kid goes to camp anywhere in the world, They go with the Young Life leader that's been pursuing them back at home. 
and they go back home with that leader as well. So the, the buildup up to the trip, the person that walks with you while you're experiencing you know these fun activities, but also the gospel message, a lot of it in a deeper setting than, than they've even seen at home. But then the person who goes back home with you to unpack it and live it out and you know fall on your face and fail as a new believer and get back up again that's all the same person. And so when you get to camp, the whole machine revolves around facilitating that week-long experience with kids and leaders together. So you you go and, and the mentor that brought you is not the one making the food or planning the activities. They get to experience it with you as a camper. So there's a lot of activity. There's horseback riding and mountain climbing and all that. But we also build in a lot of free time, quiet time, conversation time so that whatever message they heard the night before or that morning and by the way this is without their phone so we have taken (laughs) we have taken all the technology (laughs) on the property and locked it up in a closet for the week and for this generation that's the first time now since birth they've been without a screen and a device every day in some form or fashion and so you see the way their countenance relaxes and they get to to really think and they get to really walk through that together. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you do that. I'm sure it's a challenge because not all 100% of your campers are just on board with that technology removal. So I, I'm sure we could have a whole other session <laughs> about how you took away the technology for a there's, week for there's some. There's less complaining than you would think. And at the 24-hour mark, they will come up and thank us and say, I can feel my heart just relaxing. I haven't mm. had this. I haven't had conversations this great with my own friends ever because we haven't known how to do it. Wow. Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. I'm Cody Knowlton, and uh, today I'm having a great conversation with Annie Mays. Annie is the Associate Regional Director for Young Life here in South Texas. And we've been talking about the ways Young Life gives teens and young adults the support they need as they transition into their adult lives. And so uh, speaking of support, uh, how do you all go about supporting first-generation college students. Oh, Cody, this is so exciting. We have so many kids in our city who are doing college for the first time in any generation in their family, right? And maybe they're doing community college and they're going to transfer to a larger university later. Maybe they're just getting a specialized certification that's really, really marketable in this climate. And maybe they're going to go on to postgraduate study. But if they're doing any of that for the first time, Uh, data will tell you that if they don't succeed in that, it's almost never because they weren't smart enough or because they didn't work hard enough. A lot of times when they start something like that and can't finish, it's because they hit a pretty significant roadblock somewhere along the way and didn't have an adult to help them walk through it and persevere, whether that's um, the paperwork didn't get turned in correctly for their scholarship to be renewed or whether that's a change in their family financial situation that feels devastating and they go, I can't. I can't keep going to school. I've got to go help with this other thing, or I can't expect someone to pay for this for me. Uh, Maybe they're in a a difficult relationship, even an abusive relationship. We've seen that before where these really brilliant kids have a very broken understanding of relationship and don't know how to get out of unhealthy ties that then very much disrupt their academic pursuits. And so we know that when they have a leader, a mentor, Man, and especially someone who loves the Lord, who's helping them get into the body of Christ and that Christian community. You just see the perseverance 
that is able to come into their life and go, hey, let, let, let me help you look ahead to the four-year mark, or even let's start with the two-year mark and get there first, you see that they're so much more likely to succeed and then to, then to be that influence and that person in San Antonio or wherever in the country that God made them to be, to contribute in a way that only they can. How can parents, older siblings, friends uh, create a stable, supportive relationships with young people in their lives? How, how do we go about doing that? Oh, Cody, what a great question. I think there's a little bit of conviction to be had for us as the adults in their lives. We, we talk a lot about how kids are addicted to technology and they're on their phones and they're watching this. But, you know, we kind of can get like that, too. We are... Um, creatures of habit and sometimes it's a good reminder that we can be the ones that are distracted that are actually missing cues or um, not listening well to the young people in our lives or it's harder to carve out that uninterrupted face-to-face time that they need from us and so I think that's a great first step is is to look in the mirror a little bit and say who are the young people in my life how am I carving out non-distracted time for them? Uh, what are the questions that I wish someone had asked me when I was 11 or 16 or 19? And how can I ask those in a way and then listen with a non-anxious spirit to what their answer is to where God has them right now in a way that they feel that, that we are building trust um, that they have room to make mistakes and to ask hard questions and that, that I'm not going to feel threatened by that, that I'm going to help look toward a solution, help get them into community, point them to God's word. Do, do we know, again, as adults, what, where in Scripture does God help us? Um, does he give us the tools to speak into the lives of young people? Because if we're, even if we're, you know, spitting out Bible verses, if that is authentic and it's done with love to a kid that you've invested that time with, it's going to be received well. Maybe not right away, mm. um, but they never forget that that wise and loving answer that we can offer them. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. How do y'all measure success, Annie? I mean, a lot of this is subjective, uh, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. you're planting seeds you're not going to see the, the results of for decades if you see them at all. So how do you measure success in the current Uh, A couple of ways that we do that right now is just hours spent with kids. Um, How many kids do we know by name in a given school, in a given community? Uh, Because you can't know kids if you aren't showing up in their world. So that's a that's a pretty simple, tangible way that we can measure our impact in a school is is just how many do we know, first of all. we pay really close attention to who is showing up, not just to club, which is the big kind of outreach event, but to who's being discipled. Young Life all over the world has a um, kind of thing that we're doing now, and it's called Map, Tree, and List. And it means that every Young Life leader, volunteer, or staff has a map, which is a territory that they are praying for consistently. Uh, and then the tree, which is that tree of discipleship, that every single leader has at least three who they are very intentionally praying for, uh, teaching scripture to, discipling with that kind of prayerful mindset of, I'm not going to be here forever. It, it, I'm wanting to duplicate what God is doing in me, in others, and encouraging them to find their three and their three. And of course, it grows like this big, healthy tree. And, and then that list of who are we not reaching yet? Uh, whether that's someone as a volunteer, as a kid, 
uh, as someone who might contribute financially. But we measure success so much by inputs and are often just trusting the Lord with the results. And we do we do see that that those come with faithfulness. Mm-hmm. That's right. He'll reward it. What what are kind of your challenges? I mean, what what do y'all face as an organization? That, that you can you can comment on, and then how do you how do you work on those challenges? How do you get past them? Yeah, I think right now something that I pray a lot about is how do we continue to engage the body of Christ in the lives of kids, and it, particularly when it comes to volunteering and adult mentoring. A lot of people in the church think kids would never listen to me or they would never take me seriously or I'm not cool anymore or I'm too busy or, you know, fill in the blank. And I think that is a challenge that we have to continue to address is is that encouragement and conviction of, hey, the harvest is plentiful. Hmm. The workers are few. Yep. Yep. There are kids everywhere who will respond to somebody like you. It's, it may not be every kid, and that's very, very normal, but... Um, Man, I spend a lot of time praying for that, Cody, and I and I really try to encourage adults. Don't give up on who you can be in the life of a kid. Maybe you are. Maybe you're behind the scenes. Maybe you're dropping off pizza at a Young Life Club. Maybe you're the guy behind the computer that pushes play on the songs. I don't know, but I hope that we can continue to encourage the body of Christ and say, "You are God's plan A." for discipling the next generation, and there's not a plan B. There's never going to be, let's just show them all the same movie. Let's just have them follow the same YouTube account. Let's just drop the flyers from the helicopter over the high school on football game day. No, it's people. It's people. And so that's our current challenge that I really pray that the Lord brings a lot of fruit in in San Antonio is who wants to show up and, and do it with us. The kids are ready. Yep. You're, you're exactly right. The harvest is plenty. We need we need more workers. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll bring the workers. Uh, what are the future goals of Young Life in terms of expanding uh, your reach, your impact, uh, so you can serve even more young people? Uh, something we've been so grateful for in San Antonio over the last five years is we've been able to increase our reach in high-risk and low-income neighborhoods with kids who, again, if, if we were dependent on their parents to fund the ministry and pay for all their stuff, they, they would never get to come. We have amazing, generous uh, givers, y'all, among many who believe in that mission and believe that kids are worth it and have helped us get there. Uh, so really, that's our goal going forward. There's so many middle schools, high schools, and colleges now in San Antonio, and many of them have never had a Young Life presence. I'm really grateful that for some of those, there are other ministries there, and we just love being able to to high-five them along the way and say, okay, I, I love that this ministry is over there because we're not there yet, um, but nobody's over here. And so as we pray and and endeavor to meet more people in those communities and god puts churches in front of us that say oh we've been praying for that school for 10 years oh my goodness how can we partner with that because it really is just people in our city giving time and resources to get into that next campus where where kids are waiting mm-hmm. annie how can the community support you know, your work and that everything that young life is doing how can, how can we come alongside you yeah you can pray faithfully, Cody. We really appreciate that. We love when people will pray for our um, staff and leaders by name. And I can give you resources on that as well. Um, and we ask people to really pray about volunteering or giving. Um, we are a, a ministry of 
um, where we put resources to work in the community, and, and those resources are people and money. And when people want to give and write a check, we love being able to put that toward you know the next thing that we do with kids. But when they want to give their time, that's also really, really fun to say, come on and do this with us. And so um, starting with prayer, we hope that that's the overflow is um, that generosity of spirit that, hey, we want to really be part of this. We want to be part of the next generation of kids who have not, so many of them have never grown up in a church environment or had the Bible read in their home, uh, but will be God's faithful people of the future. Yeah. How can, how can people reach you? What, what would be the best way to do that? You want my cell phone number? I mean, <laughs> we're on, um, we're at sanantonio.younglife.org. We're actually overhauling that website, but my phone number, my direct cell number is right there on that website. And uh, we're around in and out of camps all summer, but would love to get that text or phone call. Um, you said from, San Antonio Young Life. Yes, sanantonio.younglife.org. Okay. And that's where we are. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we're grateful for Yanni, grateful for uh, all that you do through Young Life. So grateful mm-hmm. you're here. And um, I want to pray for you before we yeah. depart our time together. And um, and we wish you we wish you well. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for every day. It's a gift. And uh, we're grateful for Young Life, for its history, its legacy of uh, lifting up young people, coming alongside uh, those that may be in church, but in most cases are not in church and don't know you. And so we're grateful for Young Life. We're grateful for Annie and her team and our volunteers and folks that are helping at uh, the the school level, at the camp level. We just pray for the summer as camps are going on. We just lift up everything they're doing. Pray that the volunteers, the workers, the harvest will, will all come together. The money will be there and that uh, just great things will continue to happen uh, for your kingdom. And uh, we just love you. And we just lift all this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Annie, we thank you for joining us today and uh, sharing your familiarity with the needs and goals of teens and young adults. This has been so inspiring and encouraging. Uh, We're grateful that Young Life is positioned to help guide them through some of their most challenging years. And, um, you know, we've we've all been there and done that, and we know it is challenging. It's even more challenging today, I think, than it was for for most of us. So uh, we'd like to thank our listeners. We hope you've been encouraged by the work being done in our community to improve the lives of our neighbors. Uh, through organizations like uh, Young Live. You can catch our episodes, everybody, anywhere you get your podcast or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website, bhfsa.org slash togetherforgood. We'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits in our area. God bless and take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.